Do you flip through music podcasts like you would the dollar bins of your local record shop, hoping to stumble upon that rare pressing or super under-the-radar classic? Well, dig no further. Vinyl Emergency is where musicians, everyday album collectors, and those who press, design, or otherwise celebrate vinyl records come to share their stories about how this influential medium has shaped their lives and careers. I'm your host, Jim Hankey, and you can join me and a new guest every other Tuesday as we take you through LP artwork that has stood the test of time, neighborhood record stores we remember, the first albums we ever bought. The tangible object of a vinyl record can spark so many intangible memories, and that's what Vinyl Emergency aims to capture and share with you. Past episodes have featured interviews with Hosier, Roseanne Cash, Ted Leo, and Creed Bratton from NBC's The Office, plus members of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Wilco, and Hall & Oates, not to mention label owners, record pressers, and more within today's exploding vinyl community. You don't need to be a longtime record collector to enjoy or keep up with the program, but I guarantee you'll learn something new about each of our guests whenever you listen. Subscribe to Vinyl Emergency however you get podcasts, and follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Vinyl Emergency. Hey everybody, welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff and I'm joined as always by my good friends Richard Hello. and Michael. Howdy. Richard and Michael, they're connected at the hip. They go everywhere together and wherever they go, they argue. And how entertaining is that? But it's really fun and interesting to listen to them argue, especially about the topic uh, this week where we're continuing our uh Two of a kind, or two of not of a kind series. Last episode, we had the Mount Rushmore of duo bands, and this episode is the Mount Rushmore of power couples. Whose idea was this? This was my idea, and I don't, honest to God, I have no idea why I picked it. That just sounds, I, it, just it, sounds good. Yeah, it's just one that sort of felt like, you know, I, I think there was probably, I think we've been... We had been talking about duos. I think it probably came up when we first did the uh, Mount Rushmore of duos mm. uh, back at, about a season oh, and sure. a half ago. Yeah. So I think this is one that had been sitting, Just dormant. stewing mm. for a while. We were finally, you know, kind of like bubbling up from the <laughs> yeah. from the primordial ooze. Now, I would say that you're, you and Michael, you both have, you're both power couples. Describe your your wife and all the and amazing things she does. Oh well, she is a uh, seamstress, a historical seamstress. Um, she uh, does kind of sort of cosplay type stuff as well, um, and also has occasionally guested and co-hosted a podcast. Yeah, this one, in uh, fact, Michael, a- Emily. Uh, she has uh, been working in the fashion industry for many a year, designing. Everything from lingerie to bathing suits, back to lingerie again. Uh, great graphic artist. Mm-hmm. Um, she does a little bit of logo design here and there for things. So, yeah. So she's she's helped me, you know, speaking of being a power couple, uh, the, the topic of old kickball logos has come up recently. And um, I was just telling Richard how the level of work with our logos that I designed for various silly teams greatly improved once Emily and I got together. Uh, Cause it was just like, I have these ideas for things that I can kind of, this is my big idea for the team. And then she could help refine it into something that looked good. Yeah. And before it was kind of like, all right, well I can kind of fuck around in like Microsoft Visio mm-hmm. or I could draw a little bit, but I could never like put it together. So having a partner that kind of helped, 
Zip. Right. Make it take your your half-assed ideas and turn it into a real real thing. We are two halves of like a zipper, and it all zipped all Zip. together, just just like that. Well, that's cool. I, I couldn't have this conversation end without saying my wife is a super duper no, let's, awesome let's lady. Not talk about. Her hey, you guys. Well, I guess we're moving on. Oh, she's a great actress and act. Uh, Writer and all the things, uh, but that's an interesting point. Is in terms of what makes a power couple. Sometimes they're just independently famous and they do their own thing. But it sounds like in your cases that you partner very well with them. Yeah, I think especially with what Michael was talking about. I think I think with 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 my wife Sarah and I, I think we kind of have our own separate things that we do. Yeah, I think Michael and Emily. I think you mentioned the kickball logos thing as an example. You guys tend to be the type of power couple who are both combining. Kind of like a little mini Voltron to do, yeah. Like one thing, yeah. Okay, well, I imagine that uh, now that we move on, we might talk about more famous <laughs> celebrity power couples. But uh, no, that was my first one. Okay. Was me and my wife. <laughs> All right. Well, you don't go first. Michael goes first. So. Damn it, Michael. He, he might you, steal it from he me. Might see Richard and his wife. <laughs> my first choice is Richard and Sarah. It is um, Beyonce and Jay Z. Okay, and Heard of uh, them. you know they are just well, for one. They are just rich beyond compare. Yeah. She uh, is worth something like $440 million just on his, on her own, mm-hmm. and he is worth over a billion dollars just on her own. Together, they are worth $1.44 billion combined. I mean, just in terms of a money-making power couple, they are at the top of the... Like, who are two people that just make, make mm. that money together? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Creatively, they are both just also extremely powerful in their own right and then together. Yeah. You know, she has been a, both of them have been making just hit music for 20 years mm-hmm. each from the mm-hmm. mid 90s for Jay Z. And I guess the same thing with Beyonce when she was with, uh, what, uh, and Vo- Destiny's Child. Child. And um, it's just maybe part of it is the, when you think of power, you think of money, you think of influence, how much they each can kind of influence either the world or, but also it comes back to like having like this tremendous fan base that will like do whatever, whatever Beyonce is. The beehive. Yeah. Whatever Beyonce is going to say and do, she has a huge swell of fans behind her that will follow and buy in. She's and, like Oprah in that way. Yeah, very much so. Uh, and Oprah's, then J- Jay-Z has, what, his Jaywalkers? I don't know what they're called. <laughs> uh, this, yeah. Uh, oh, that's Jay Leno, sorry. Oprah's the opposite of like a power couple where she has all the power and then Stedman is just there. Right. Well, we don't know what happens behind the scenes. That's true. You don't know. I, I'm interested. To, I might ask this about the different couples that come up with. If they were to break up, who, who would be considered like the winner? Uh, that's, uh, I think that's a good, in- interesting question to ask for everybody. Uh, for that, I think it would still come down to Beyonce. I think that Jay-Z might be more financially successful and maybe oh. he has more, I don't think that he is ever going to be more popular than her. Yeah. And I think that she will have a longer recording sh- career, recording career, shelf life. I think that she will go on. He was never a movie star. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of has his hand in like, I mean, Rock Nation is involved in sports yeah. now. Now they're doing, yeah, the NFL uh, halftime shows. They're involved, yeah, with the NFL now. Uh, it's just like, I think that he is probably branching out into more Historical different... costuming. <laughs> oh, That's no. 
you, Sarah. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Tell Sarah. Uh, I, I think that he is probably branching out into more avenues, but I think that she's probably has more consolidated power amongst okay. within. Interesting. Mm, the music world. It okay. seems to me. Okay. Uh, Michael went first. Richard goes second. All right. So my first one is FDR and Eleanor Roosevelt. Okay. Wow. Um, and, you know, one was elected president four times. The other was the first ambassador to the United Nations. Okay. That is a pretty good pedigree in terms of a political power couple. Uh-huh. Um, they were really the power couple that Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton always wanted to be. Yeah. But could never quite get there. Um, Wait, would she have been ambassador to the UN? Who? Uh, Eleanor were not for her husband's profession. That's not trying to be a non-woke bro there. (laughs) Come on, bro. Okay. Um, You know, I think it probably gave her a platform to be able to speak out on the issues that she was interested in. Okay. Um, So, look, the fact that she was the first lady for 16 years, I think that is what gave her the notoriety yeah. and the ability to be able to, um, you know, speak out on the issues that she was, yeah. that she cared about. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, like I said, I think they were just, yeah, their relationship is just really weird and interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that she was probably a lesbian and yeah. he fooled around with his secretary and several other people. Yeah. And they sort of had this, not in a weak uh, agreement about this, even mm-hmm. though at times it was very strained. Um, so they're kind of this example of this power couple that almost it felt like stayed together because of the power that they welded, the wielded, mm-hmm. I should say. And no, they were welders too. Oh, did they? Yeah, <laughs> that's how FDR got polio. <laughs> yeah, little known fact. So, who do you think built his wheelchair? Oh Eleanor my god! Wow, Eleanor that's that so together. cool. Yeah. Little known wow. fact. It's on Secret Wikipedia. Oh, is it? I, I'm not familiar with Secret well, Wikipedia. It's a, it's a secret. And now the, you've now you've told, now you're dead. Those weren't teeth. They were welding uh, torches in her front of her mouth. What do you think? Do you think, from a historical standpoint, time will kind of go away from Jay Z and uh, Beyonce, but we'll still think of the, a U.S. president and yeah, who think, served that many terms? Yeah. I think that there. I think that. From a longevity standpoint, from what both of them were able to accomplish, yeah. um, I just I think that the their bodies of work can yeah. stand alone individually, but then you can consider them together. Yeah, and she really was in a lot of ways his number one political advisor as well. Mm-hmm. So she had a lot of the behind the scenes yes. sort of power in that White House. Yes, even if you know beyond what you would expect from a normal first lady. Her Super Bowl halftime show yeah. was amazing. Is, is she the one where she did the magic trick? Yes. Okay. That's that was, Elvis Presley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, Michael, what's your second? Uh, well, I'll stay within presidential couples. All right. Uh, Barack and Michelle Obama. Okay. And, All I'll, right. and I'll say this. If the law permitted it, or if she decided to run for president... Either of these people would be the next president of the United yeah. States instantly. Right. Like, I don't think that there would be a person. I don't think that there would be. Uh, you're wrong on this, by the way, but go ahead. 
You, you don't I, think so? I don't. I I don't think it's as much of a slam dunk as you think it is. Mm. Wait, are you talking? You saying Barack or Michelle? Yeah. I, if if the laws changed that Barack Obama was, and he was going to run, it again. was about consecutive terms and not. Well, whatever. Let's just, to, let's just let's just we're we're living in a fake. Nobody fan. says a gold can't play baseball. <laughs> let's let's say that the laws changed and that you could run for president as many times as you wanted, and let's say Barack was to run again, I think he would probably win and yeah. beat Donald Trump. I. Be- because I think you're 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 really underestimating how much forty nine forty nine to fifty one percent of the population really hated Barack Obama. I don't know. I not enough. I I think less so than what we have now. I think that there is enough of. Okay, maybe it's just been that there's been three years of these of talking about like the. Obama Trump voters, like right. those that did vote for Barack Obama, are that switched to vote for Trump. I think that you would get gain a significant number of those back, being like, you know what, I, I don't have to admit it in public. I don't have to, I don't have to be profiled by the New York Times again. I can just go back and vote for him again. I think that there would be enough, and I think that it would be like a, it would feel like a return to sanity, See, so, so I, to speak. I, I think, and I know we're getting a little off topic on this. Sure. But that's what we do. Um, I think that, keep in mind, Barack Obama didn't exactly beat Mitt Romney by this huge, by a huge margin. I think we live in a different time. I, th- I think that there, I think that there. Yeah, that was Mitt Romney. He was Mittens. Anyway. Anyway. But I'll back off now. As for Michelle Obama, if she was to jump into the race, I, I don't think that any of these other people would... Oh, these fools would all not these have a chance. Would no. not have a chance against her. Maybe, maybe she wouldn't win, but I'm pretty, sure she, I'm pretty sure she would win. I think the good thing about her is she has no interest in doing this. So it's what make, one of the things that makes her yeah, this is so a great, appealing. This, yeah, this is a great hypothetical, too, because all of this is made up. Because she, right. she doesn't mm-hmm. want to... You know, th- these are two people who have left the highest office in the land and, like, are have a deal with Netflix instantly. Right. It's just like, oh yeah, they, they want to go produce content at Netflix now and they can just go do that. If Trump left office, he's not, go- there's no way he's going to go to Netflix. No way would they come yeah. and be like, uh, do you want to do content for us? He already is working for Fox News as a content, head of content. Yeah, that, is, the content that is the creator, kind of scathing yeah. political hot, take. hot takes hot you take. get on here. No, just today he said, he said, talked about Fox News and said, we in reference to himself and Fox News. Mm. Uh, okay. All right. So, um, but but the point is, is I think that that in terms of now, what was your question that you asked before? Who would who, if they, if they broke up, who would people go with? Mm, probably Barack. Okay. FDR and Eleanor. Mm, yeah. Uh, probably. I'm going to say Eleanor because polio. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, the, there's the power of that power couple. Let That's me know when I laughed at polio. Okay, uh, then Manfredi. All right, so my second choice. As seen in the hit TV series, uh, The Crown, Queen Elizabeth II and Prince Philip. Okay. Um, this is a classic example of a power couple um, where there's a couple of things that at play. A, they stood the test of time because they've been married for, what, 50 years now? Something like that. I should probably know that. I didn't do the research. Yeah. Um, there's also a, well, she had her sixtieth. She had her crown of her of her whatever and, jubilee, right? A couple of years ago. So I think it's S- about fifty years. No, but that that was sixty years since she was crowned. 
Oh, and maybe it is longer than that then. Was she married before? She, no, she would have been... Yeah, she was. they were married before. So she's, she has been queen for at least 60 years. Right. And they were married after she was queen. Were they? I don't think that's right. Someone look this up. We'll look it up real quick. Anyway, yeah. go finish your uh, thought. Just finish my thought. Yeah. Um, I think it's also an example where it's very possible that Prince Philip has a lot more power behind the scenes than we recognize. Is this based, and this is based on the TV show, The based, Crown? That's all, okay. that's all I'm basing it on. Just making sure. No, no, no. I mean, there has been speculation for years that Prince Philip is, Prince Philip is actually the person who has the authority to make final decisions in their relationship. Now, there's a lot of dispute about this and royal intrigue and argy-bargy and all that kind of stuff. Married, 1947. Reign, 1952. Okay. So they were, so, geez, 60 years at this point, plus. Um, so yeah, I think that it, it's an example of a, of a couple where that uh, the perceived dynamic that mm-hmm. you see publicly may or may not be the actual dynamic oh, yeah. that's happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And I find that really intriguing. Plus they're never going to die. Yeah. That's the other thing. They are clearly some sort of vampire. Yeah. Or uh, it, well, I feel like you, there's a good chance there's vampire blood in the Royal bloodline. Well, so. What you, what you don't know is that. Each of those corgis, oh. uh, they've done like uh, you know, kind of like a Spock transfer of the, like his katra mm-hmm. oh. to each of those dogs. So there's a soul that's living inside the dog. That's the dog soul, nice and pure, and then the uh, royal soul. So that's why you see so many corgis running around because one's about to die. They just put it in the other. Oh one. wow! And sure, they got to go back to. I'd put it in a turtle or something. Those tortoises live to be 150 years old. You put Look it in a dog. This. This, this Always guy thinking. Knows, this guy this knows guy what's up. Outside the box thinker oh, over here. Well, this thing in, in England, <laughs> they can't have tortoises. Too cold. It's too cold. Too cold for tortoises. Oh my you ever God. been to the zoo? They always have to have the tortoises like with all the heat lamps in a and big crap. Mitten, yeah. a big tortoise. Yeah, they <laughs> can't have it in England. The stuff you learn on the Mount Rushmore <laughs> podcast about uh, reptiles and, and creatures and things like that. Herpetology uh, and, oh, yeah. the, and the, the, the royal crown. Uh, one and inv- Vulcan transfer of your, you know, yeah. soul and presence. I want to invite you to make a triptych out of this by going back and listening to the. This is our halftime. Then go back and listen to the, the first in the, th- the trio about the duos. We've got a trio about a duo uh, going on here, and the last one was the Mount Rushmore of duo bands. And then in a week we're going to be discussing what is it? I forgot it already. Oh, it is the Mount Rushmore of things that are simultaneously the best and the worst. The best and the worst. Okay, um, Jeff Hopkins, I think at this current state, my brain is the best and the worst thing going on for me because I can't even remember anything. But I also want to invite you to, to go back farther than the last week and download and listen and maybe give a review for past episodes. You know, it's super easy to support us in the Mount Rushmore podcast. We don't ask anything from you financially. We just love for you to click on stuff. Go to iTunes, anything that says Mount Rushmore podcast, just click on it and subscribe to it and listen to it. You can even click on the five-star thing. Just click. It doesn't. You don't even have to really listen to it. Just click on it and rate it. Uh, but we'd also ask you to click on it and share it with uh, people you know and love. You could go to our Facebook site and click around on that, uh, Twitter and Instagram as well, and leave some typing that indicates what kind of topic you'd like to hear us discuss in the future or leave some emoticons a frowny or a smiley that indicate how you feel about us as individuals so that would be really cool uh the shrug emoji too works shrug yeah <laughs> the, i don't know 
<laughs> I don't know. The only four star review I think we've gotten was the one that just said, "Not bad." Not bad. Wasn't that what it said? I yeah, think that's my, yeah. that's my favorite review. Yeah, that's my yeah. favorite review I've ever had. Well, I was just trying to figure out which of our family <laughs> left, that, left, left that not bad. That might be one of our parents. The same person. Not good. No, not, not good. Too bad. Not so good. That's not so great. Uh, I want to also ask you to evaluate Michael and Richard from a vocal standpoint. Is one of them softer and more, what is it? Gentle. Gentle. And is the other more bombastic? I think authoritative. Authoritative. Was, was the yeah. phrase that was used. Just curious. Which uh, one is which? Which one is which? Um, and then what does it yes, mean? Please. That makes me look warm water, just like in between nothing. Just like spinal tap. Just a bunch of Derek Smalls. The Derek Smalls. <laughs> okay, so we, the bad news is we're back. And uh, the good news is uh, Michael's going to lead us off. Well, very strange that you mentioned spinal tap. Oh, wow. Kind of, you know, on the side. Yeah. Um, my couple is Sherry Ann Cabot, owner of Rhapsody in White, and the handler, Christy Cummings, from the movie Best in Show. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. That's a great poll. Uh, it is a couple that one of them has all of the financial power and all of seemingly the sexual sway over, and yeah. the other one has the handler chutzpah and the confidence right and the basic jane lynch (laughs) yeah jane lynch isness Mm -hmm. of her um they are such a wonderful couple together um and i could have almost selected any 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 of the couples couples whether it was uh, megan hamilton swan or whether it was um scott donlin and Stefan Vanderhoof. Yeah. <laughs> um, although I don't think I could have um, chosen uh, Fleck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jerry, Jerry. Jerry and uh, Cookie Fleck. <laughs> They're not quite a power couple, but no. Um, she's a power couple <laughs> yeah. unto herself with pretty much half of the town, but. Well, she's got a power couple. Yeah. Is, yeah. is what would have been said by all of those creepy guys that all look the same. <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing movie. But I, I love, I loved. Um, Sherry Ann and Christy as just a, pa- I just love them as a, like Christy is so confident that she is going to win. Right. And, uh, but she just is also in love with this other just ditzy voluptuous woman that has all the money from her like nearly 90 year old <laughs> husband or husband. And, um, I just, I, I love that at the end that they lose and go off to do, uh, American bitch. bitch, American bitch magazine. Yeah, <laughs> and like that's where all of their efforts together as a couple are yeah. going into doing this other thing that they've decided to leave some other things behind. That's awesome. What a fun pick. Uh, do you think were they to have broken up that uh, the Jane Sherry Ann or Christie would be the nominal winner of the thing? Well, I think one is all the money. Yeah, I think that Christie Christie Cummings. I think that she wouldn't have ever accepted that she lost the relationship. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's and a very I think good point. That, um, Sherry Ann would have just moved on. Yeah. She would have just, she may not have been she, aware she, that she broke up. Yeah. She might've just eaten her way through mm-hmm. bags and bags of popcorn. Yeah. To, to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to her next uh, relationship. Okay. Richard. All right. So uh, your recurring question, we don't need to ask for this one because we already have the answer. Okay. Uh, this Is one, this Lee and Perrin? <laughs> yes. We are the winners of the worst <laughs> yeah. My taste buds are what wins, Jeff. Uh, no, this one is Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Oh, wow. 
Um, and they weren't just an on-screen couple in force. I mean, obviously, we know them from I Love Lucy yeah. and the movies that came kind of out of that. Um, but they were... Great pick. They were this great behind-the-scenes juggernaut mm-hmm. that really transformed the way television is made. Yeah. I mean, it was... They pioneered the whole concept of filming a t- actually filming a TV series and actually keeping the film. Yeah. And doing it before a live t- TV audience. I mean, that's just stuff that we consider obvious today. But, you know, back before I Love Lucy, everything was shot on these what, kinescopes. And, yeah. And, and stuff was just lost because... You know, I believe was, a kinescope is a film of a television, film of a television, but I think it was all the video sent out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. then Sam kinescope is the same thing. Sam kinescope. A lot of yelling. A lot of shouting. Yeah. Yeah. And a beret for some yeah. reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that basically, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. They would, they would film it. The old idea would be they would film it live and then they would send the kinescope mm-hmm. out around the country. And that's what you would broadcast. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, they had the idea of let's actually film this before a live studio audience so we can get, actual reactions Mm -hmm. and let's actually film this so that we have a recording of it so we can this can be played at a later date and it was really the first time that a studio was actually built custom made for like a tv oh yeah setup i mean you had you had to actually think about okay how are the cameras going to work and where's Mm -hmm. the audience going to sit yeah and how is this going to work in relation to everything else Mm -hmm. it's almost like tv done on purpose not adapted from radio or or theater or something yeah something there's like you said purpose-built television Uh versus just sort of this accidental let's let's just try it and see what happens sort of thing and a lot of that was was desi arnaz he was the uh, he was kind of the the visionary of the Mm -hmm. of the the team yeah Mm -hmm. He was, of course, also the womanizer and yeah. drunk of the team, which is why they, why we know what would happen if they broke up, yeah. because that is why they broke up. Um, and we know that the public loved Lucy right, um, for generations, and Desi, you know, is kind of just, yeah. he's Babalu. Yeah. He's that guy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the Desi Lu, the production company, they produced Star Wars, or Star, Star Wars, Star Trek, yeah. Andy Griffith's show. Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah. I mean, their legacy is like... Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible is another Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just this remarkable legacy of behind-the-scenes stuff. And then you add to that the amazing chemistry that they had as a couple on screen. Yeah, yeah. And I I know we've talked about I Love Lucy, and I kind of go back and forth on it as in terms of the quality of the show, but you can't deny kind of the chemistry that the two of them have. Yeah. So I, I think... I think they're 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 a really good example of a power couple who sort of you know from what you see almost like Jay-Z and Beyonce. Like you know what you 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 kind of know them from what they produce entertainment-wise, but there's also all this behind the scenes stuff that's happening that's really fascinating as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I've heard that they uh never really fell out of love. She just had to end that yeah, thing, yeah. And, and and Desi has definitely said that she, he she was the love his, of his life and yeah. he always he always loved Lucy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was definitely a a a starstruck relationship, mm-hmm. put it that way. Yeah. Uh okay, uh Winfield, what's your final choice? Well, God, it's hard to come off of that one. 
I, I that was such a good pick. So this is just gonna sound goofy. Gomez and Morticia Adams. Oh, that's that's fun. Yeah, it's a fun pick. Where yeah, uh, yeah it's fun, but like yours was. Uh, well, they they have a very passionate. Relationship. I think that's. I think I was really focused on the couple portion of what these people, fictional or otherwise, are like as couples and how much they work together as a couple, not just necessarily that they are um, successful. Although Gomez Adams uh, was certainly a billionaire for some reason that is often unexplained. He didn't really work. He just kind of in, had inherited I think it was money. just old money, yeah. It was just old money, and he yeah. was just an eccentric billionaire. Mm-hmm. And uh, Morticia Adams was just the love of his life, and she kind of had all the power over him. So I guess I was thinking of power couples in that term. She was came, kind of came from a family of witches, mm-hmm. and you know they just lived a weird and wonderful life. Um, but I just I I think that's always interesting when maybe this is harken back to the Christy Cummings and um, Sherry Ann Cabot pick where one person has all of this financial wealth, mm-hmm. but the other person has the actual power over the other person. So yeah. there, there's a power, power play within the couple, but not necessarily... Um, equ- they're, they're equally powerful, but their means are directed two different ways, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I think what I associate with a power couple is usually people who their career isn't necessarily first, but it's primary in their lives. Like they're in love, a doctor and a lawyer get married and they each still love what they do. And the relationship is something that kind of supports it for whatever it is that Morticia and, and Gomez do. It seems like they yeah, still they find, really, they really didn't do much other than have this, this eccentric family. Yeah. Yeah. And then have adventures, I guess. With oh yeah. Hand. Yeah. Uh, but Did they does, ever go on vacation like in Hawaii? I don't know. You like the Munsters? The Munsters seem like a family that would go on vacations of that sort. It seems right. like the Adamses would probably just like go to Transylvania. Yeah, even the, though that seems yeah, because the, the Munsters were more of like your your stock Monster. sitcom family. They just happened to be monsters. Yes, versus yeah. the Adams family who were truly weirdos mm-hmm. in every sense of the word. <laughs> yeah. It's funny to go back and I'm sure you've probably seen it. See like the lot, the, like the full color photos of what the Adams family house looks like. Wasn't it pink or something? It's like pink oh, and really? garish. It like yeah, because because it, pink shows up better and black and white and black and white than, yeah. than black does. That I mean, that's another thing to weird, a weird thing to go back and look at like colored I Love Lucy plates, right? And like everything looks so strange. Like her the couches bright green and her dresses are su- super bright colors. Obviously her hair was her hair is yellow. <laughs> her hair was weird. What? But like, um, it's so funny to go back and see like things that the actual color of how they, before they were transferred to black and white and see how it just, hmm. just changed. Yeah. So like they, they end up, the Adamses end up being a more Gothic than I think was intended. You think so? Because the, I mean, going off of the original, uh, Comics, the cartoons. The cartoons Those definitely had like a, a, kind of an Edward Gorey uh, sort of feel to them. Yeah, I th- maybe. I think that was. I think. I think it was pretty intentional. Uh, so, it's Richard's time to state his final. All right. Option. So my last one. Yeah, my last one is the power couple of the grunge era: Kurt, uh, Kurt Cobain, oh, and Courtney Love. Good choice. 
Um, so depending on your point of view, they were either both these like really uncompromising single-minded talents or Courtney was just riding off of Kurt's coattails. And I, I find them really fascinating for a variety of reasons. One of them is the way that the public has kind of viewed their relationship and how that's changed Hmm. and evolved and molded, could become kind of like twisted over the years. Yeah. You know, when they were together, there was very much this idea that Courtney Love was this, you had kind of slept her way to the top, Mm -hmm. that she was only, that the only reason her band was successful was because she was married to Kurt Cobain and that's how she got a record deal, which is not true at all. Um, Just to make that point perfectly clear. But that was sort of the perception that was out there. And there were a lot of people who were, you know, Kurt Cobain fans who hated Courtney Love. Yeah. And then I remember after he, like immediately after he died, Courtney became this really kind of tragic figure for a while. Yeah. And now it's, it's you know, you've got people who think Courtney Love killed Kurt Cobain. Hmm. You've got other people who look at her and see her as someone who has really become this staunch defender of Kurt, Kurt Cobain as a icon and his image and someone who's kind of like Yoko Ono is for John Lennon. That's kind of the role that she has served mm-hmm. for Kurt Cobain. And I think it a lot of how you perceive their relationship says more about you than it does yeah. their relationship. Yeah. So I find that dichotomy like really fascinating. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing her in People versus Larry Flint and thinking she's a phenomenal actress. She is. Yeah, and she uh I think wasn't she also on the cover of like Cosmopolitan or something like that? And like I imagine that's, you know, for the reason it's to sell magazine, but she had it almost seemed like she was kind of using celebrity as this tool to uh, always playing with playing with us, <laughs> right? With with her celebrity, she's but. incredibly smart. Yeah. Every person I've known who's had any interactions with her, and I've known a, a couple over the years, yeah, have just talked about how really smart she is. Oh, and really? Maybe she has problems with you know drugs at the moment, or she mm-hmm. doesn't, or whatever her mental state is yeah. at the time. But one of the things I always talk about is just she's whip smart, mm-hmm. and you can kind of see that in the way that she's been able to, you know, like I said. Defend Kurt's leg, Kurt uh, Cobain's legacy over the years. Yeah, um, you know, I just rem- I just remember the day that Kurt Cobain that they when they after they found his body and uh-huh. she, her reading his suicide note out like a recording of it was being played like to all the people who had gathered around the house and it was just heartbreaking and I think that was a point for a lot of people where your perception of her changed. Yeah, but for a lot of people, it was just. They were so opposed to this idea that maybe Kurt, maybe Courtney Love was a strong, powerful woman on her own, that they've just never been able to get over that. Yeah. I, I would say that some people have such ownership of a celebrity, whether it was Yoko Ono or Cynthia Lennon or Sean Lennon or, or uh, Julian Lennon, they feel like they have a stronger relationship with that celebrity than their family, their spouse, their child. They have this... They have this relationship they they almost feel like jealous of you because of your proximity to that right especially person. when it's a when it i think especially with musicians and especially when they're artists who maybe don't let the world in all the way and Kurt Cobain was definitely a very private type of person who yeah. very much did not enjoy the concept of celebrity yeah. was not somebody who was going to be out there doing interviews and 
signing autographs and things like that. So I think that I think you're right. The idea that someone like Courtney Love had this intimate access to her, and look, they were they were a toxic relationship. There's a podcast I think I mentioned on the show before called Disgraceland. They did a two part episode on Kurt and Courtney. I would highly recommend it if you're interested in their relationship. They were equal parts great for each other, and then also really terrible yeah. for each other. That would suck to go from being the spouse of a person whose celebrity eclipsed yours to now having to be the grieving widow widow who has to be perfect in everyone's who, who's kind of the mirror of the 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 how people feel about the departed and now they can't be real they can't have a band they can't have a career which i think is interesting about courtney love then is that she said no fuck you yeah i'm going to still have this career and i'm still going to you know make music and I'm still going to, and now I'm going to start acting in movies and uh-huh. be fantastic in those. Yeah. And I'm going to be on Cosmo magazine. Yeah. I'm not going to just sit I'm here and sitting be the, Shiva for this. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the yeah. widow, the widow yeah. Courtney. Yeah. So, and also she probably killed him. Kidding. Uh, <laughs> all right. Between FDR, you've had black, black widows and black widows in yes. each of your couples. Seeing, uh, the, are you sensei saying there's a theme here? Jeff? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you guys, uh, pretty cool uh, choices. I'm just going to pull out, I think it's probably the obvious, Beyonce and Jay-Z, maybe some of our listeners might have uh, chosen that one, so let's put that one up on the Rushmore. And then I thought that was a fun, actually some really compelling picks there from uh, Ricardo. I'm going to go with Kurt and Courtney, because he had so much to uh, kind of support that. Uh, Lucy and Desi, and I'm going to go with QE2 and Prince Philip. So that's a three to one. It rarely happens here um, at the Mount Rushmore podcast because uh, I like Michael so much. I guess we know who's the uh, the power in this duo. Oh, wow. You just got bottomed. Just this week. Oh, my God. Just this week. Let's, Yikes. guys, tune in next week, see if the tables might get turned. Maybe. <laughs> Let's see. Or just they'll turn the same way harder. Okay. This has been the Mount Rushmore of Power Couples. I am usual as I'm Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. 